I did some Christmas shopping yesterday in Tyler for the first time. Yeah, I've been told that uh, the the reason our, our our shoulders tense up, you know, you feel like your shoulders are raising, is because uh, it, that's a protection from it's a evolved protection from when people used to swing swords at other people's heads. And that's when your your shoulders protect. It's just to protect your neck. And I kept thinking, I don't think anybody's trying to chop my head off today, but my shoulders sure do think. I'm tense. I'm, uh, this isn't, it, it, they, they don't have just lines to pick anymore. You don't go to, like, I pick, I, I, I like that at Walmart. I pick, I pick line six and I'm sticking with it. Some of you are line jumpers. It's because you haven't developed the fruit of the Spirit fully yet. <laughs> I, pick, I pick it and I stick with line six there. And um, it doesn't matter if all of them are moving. I pick the line. This is the line I'm supposed to be in. But at, like Ross, it's just a herd into a cattle barn of... And then you've got to wait for your number to be called. And it feels like you're in a waiting room. And they're about to give you a shot. And I don't like it. They've, you know, it's funny that they've said, you know what works well? The DMV. <laughs> We're going to call your number and you're going to come to the front and order, get your, get, check it. And, but it is, it's just, there's just so many people, just so many people, and it's stressful. And I always think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spread some Christmas cheer. And for me, that particularly is just, saying something to somebody never know what it's going to be and sometimes it's regrettable but most of the time it's just asking someone how they're doing the other day Rachel was in a store and she asked someone how they were doing and they didn't respond so she spoke up a little bit she thought well maybe I just said that under my breath she goes hey how are you doing today he had both ear he was working. This was his register. She was paying for things. He had both earbuds in and was watching a show. <laughs> Boop. Just not paying attention to anybody. And sometimes that's, we, we get so, so consumed with, I got to buy this and this is on my list and I got to go to this place and I've got to stand in this line and I've got to do this thing and I got to get these things wrapped that, that we forget about the child the king that has come and not just cognitively I don't mean just it escapes our mind what I mean is there is something being there's something going on in the advent season there is something to remember in the advent season that should affect our steps not just our brain that it should affect our actions. And this story of Mary and Elizabeth, the I'm not sure why I'm pregnant club. Right? One, one is way beyond the years of pregnant. 
A lot of you who are Elizabeth's age, if you got pregnant right now, you'd be mad. <laughs> and then there's also just the com complications of Mary. And for us, a beautiful story, but for some in her time, a reason to look down upon Mary or to be suspicious of her, that God picked Mary and now she's having to live in that world without God walking alongside her saying, no, this is real, this is true. It must have been scary for her to go to the market, to go out in towns, because I don't know if any of y'all have ever lived in a small town, but a pregnancy sometimes can be front-page news. So she might feel alone, Mary. Sometimes it seems as though no one in the room is going through what you're going through. That if you... What was that? Um, and if, <laughs> was that my heart? <laughs> the, uh, it feels like no one in the room is going through what you're going through. Now, the, in, even in a church like this, even in, even in small towns, which this isn't one of them, I found out yesterday. But even in, in small places, you can look around and feel alone. You're not. Somebody's going through what you're going through. But for Mary. Pregnant by the power of God. There's not a long list of those people in your town, is there? There's not a long list of, and it's just so rare. What is the feeling of alone for Mary? Must have been overwhelming. But she knew where to run. See, this story happens right after the angel leaves her. And she says, she gets ready and goes to see her cousin, her friend. I want to read it again, just because it's... In those days, this is verse 39, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. I don't know why I always pictured it, that they were on like an open field, like in a road, like she met her on the road. But have you ever had a surprise visit from, like, one of your family members? They surprised you, and they walk in, and you hear their voice. You go, oh my goodness, you're here. Sometimes you go, oh my goodness, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Very different tones. But you're always surprised. And they thought, I thought I'd surprise you. Well, you did. Well, you did. I would have cleaned a little if, you, if I would have known. But this says she goes into the house and Elizabeth hears her voice. And something crazy happens. 
when she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting and the child, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what has spoken to her by the Lord. Blessed is Mary for believing, for trusting what God had said to her was going to be true. Sometimes we talk about spreading Christmas cheer as if it's about singing aloud for all to hear. But what Christmas is about is the fact that, the, that God himself became a child because God loved the world. John 3, we know John 3.16, but John 3.15 talks about snakes and statues. Do you remember that? So it's talking about, it tell, it's telling the story, or it's at least referencing the story of a bunch of, uh, the, the Israelites were complainers. Um, and tisk tisk on them, because we never do that. I mean, they had some problems, like no food and water, but sometimes our cell phone battery runs out before we're ready for it, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's a... But they, they were struggling, and um, they sinned against God, and some, sometimes when that happens in the Old Testament, snakes get loose in the camp. And a bunch of people were bitten, and uh, they, he said, all right, here's, the, here's what you're going to do. You're going to put a, um, a, a statue of a snake up in the middle of the camp, and all who look to it will be healed. And John there is referencing that snake, and it says, in that way, God loved the world. That he gave his only son. In that way, those who look to the son will not perish, but have eternal life. But God did this because God loved us. God loves this world. I think people who interact with Christians during the Advent season should know it not because we have, we say Merry Christmas. They should know it because the love that was in Mary is in us. And that when they, there's a sense of when we love them, they too can be filled with what we feel. They too can find the, the love. Now, 
there are Christians out there, you, half of the people you interact with, um, statistics say, although it's going down, but statistics say half the people out there, that they consider themselves Christian, more than that. You're running to, but if, what if we assumed that everyone I run into doesn't have the love of God and needs it from me? That why, when, when, I'm, when I'm in the world, they need the love of God and I'm the only one in front of them right now. Mary may have been alone and felt alone. Maybe didn't know what she was going to run into when she showed up at her family's house. But like Mary, we all know what it feels like to walk around with the Savior inside of us. Living in us. Kicking us when we need it. We all know what it's like to have the Spirit of God as Jesus says to his disciples in John, I'm sending you an advocate. I'm sending you one. And if you know me, you know him. Mary was the first. But the kingdom of God is filled with those who are filled with the Savior. And the Holy Spirit should be filling the rooms we're in. The Holy Spirit should be uplifting those with whom we interact. God blessed Mary. And Mary believed God. But if we truly believe that the God of this universe dwells in us, that's not the only place he dwells, but the Holy Spirit is within us. And that Jesus says, if you know God, you know me. And if you know the Father, you know me. If you know me, you know the Spirit. then our interactions can stir the spirit in others. The Christians who are grumpy need to sit this one out. The world needs no grumpy Christians. The Christians who are vying for power and a place at the seat, at the head of the table, we need you to sit this one out. The world does not need powerful Christians. What the world needs are those who are filled with the Savior. And when they walk into the room, the Spirit changes. Man, I know people who do that for me. Don't you? There's people in this room that I, when, when I see them, I just think, oh my goodness, I'm glad you're here. I say, oh my goodness a lot. 
trapped in the 50s. Well, golly gee. As I'm running down the road, hitting a wheel with a stick. (laughs) What the world needs are people who are willing to love the people in front of them, whether they're Christian or not, whether they celebrate Christmas or not, whether they say Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or Happy Holidays or whatever. It shouldn't matter. I saw a video a long time ago. A guy went to Starbucks. Um, and he, he, he tricked them into, he, wrote, he, he said his name was Merry Christmas, and he tricked them into saying Merry Christmas, and he celebrated it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, for the Lord. Can I be honest with y'all? What a dumb thing to do as a Christian. What a dumb battle to have. Why am I fighting to get people to sound like me, to say what I say, to do what I do, whenever I haven't fought for one, one second to make them feel loved when I walk in the room? To have their spirit jump inside of them whenever I walk into the room? That for, for one, just for a brief moment, they know that someone in whom the Savior resides was at their, at their house or at their register or at their table. That, that the goal of, of the Christian who is living in, in, in expectation of the coming of the Lord is to, make, is to love those around them the way the one who came for me and for them loves me. I, I cannot give enough love to others and run out of love from the Savior. We have an abundance. My correctness can really wear thin on other people if I just constantly telling them, oh, well, I'm right about this. That wears thin. But love never runs out. What happened? And love isn't just a. That's not love. Rachel and I have talked about this a lot um, because we have life insurance on me, and she talks about my death quite often. But (laughs) that's only partially a joke. But no, we, we, we talk about the fact, like, all right. Say I, I died tomorrow. She, she will get remarried. And what love she has for him will grow beyond what love we have for each other right now. Because we loved so well while we were together. That love 
is something you practice and get better at as you get older, the more you do it. And so, Lord, you know, there's no wood and that's not okay. But like I said, that if our life takes that path, if her life takes that path, the way she loves a second husband would, would be a glory to the way she and I loved each other. Love happens between people, but it also is just something that can get stronger and stronger. And the better you are at loving others, the more transferable it is. You can just, I, I love God, and I love my church, and I love my family. I can just take this love that I've practiced so well and love this stranger with something they weren't expecting. We, we've been gifted that love from God. It's not something we're just great at. We've been gifted that from God. And so this season, may the spirit of those around you leap with joy because of how you've loved them. Because the God who dwelt within Mary dwells within you. Mary is no longer alone, but she was the first. So we follow her spirit this week and this next year to be like her, to joyfully allow and trust that what God has promised us is indeed true. Let's pray. God, we are thankful that you dwell within us. We trust in your promise. We trust in what you have to offer us. And God, may we love like you have loved us. May we take what all the love you give, it, give us and give it to whoever is in front of us. Not worrying about whether we will get our way or whether we will um, be hurt or whether it's not okay to be vulnerable to this person or whatever. God, just give us the courage to love like you have loved. Bless my friends and family here at this Glenwood Church as they go into the world filled with your spirit, producing your love. Bless them. Bless us all. In your son's name we pray.